0: hey what's going on people it is a solo edition of the people forget that podcast here episode 10 just kevin here checking in no ryan uh it's just only gonna be a quick podcast around 20 minutes because that is what our hosting platform allows so that's the the beauty of starting up a podcast sometimes you run out of time for which you can record your podcast all right, I just wanted to get out a quick podcast about All-Star Weekend. Obviously, it was All-Star Weekend for the NBA these past few days. And, you know, does anyone really care about All-Star Weekend? Some people do, some people don't. I go back and forth, really, depending on the year, depending on who's involved in the different competitions. But, but I mean, this year it was, it was pretty good. And the ratings show, apparently, I saw... Uh, that there were ratings that showed that this has been the most watched All-Star Weekend, I want to say, since 2013. So I just want to do a quick recap of everything that happened. And so, of course, the first competition of the weekend was the Skills Challenge. And Bam bio from The Heat, he ended up winning. And that is all that we have to talk about, the Skills Challenge. Seriously, the one thing that I do want to say about the Skills Challenge is why... Why did they get rid of the and now this is going to be a very niche reference I don't know if <laughs> if everyone's really going to remember this but there used to be a competition at All-Star weekend that was actually pretty fun to watch because the skills challenge to be honest it's fine it's all right it's like an appetizer I don't really have anything too much wrong with it. I don't really like it all that much either. But they used to have a competition called the Shooting Stars Challenge. That was pretty cool. It was like a timed shooting competition. I think they had to make, you know, a layup and then a free throw and then a three-pointer and then a half-court shot in a certain amount of time. And they would have a WNBA player, a NBA player, and like an NBA legend from from any given team, like if it was the Lakers, it would be the Los Angeles Sparks, you know, it would be Kobe, Lisa Leslie, Magic Johnson, something like that. They should bring that competition back. It was pretty good. But anyways, so Bam out of bio. Congrats, dude, on winning the Skills Challenge. Nobody really cares about the Skills Challenge. The three-point contest, uh, if you saw the one sort of innovation that they made this year was they had the, of course it was sponsored, they had the Mountain Dew Racks. They had two shots per round, which were basically like, I want to say like 28 foot three pointers that were actually worth three points because obviously in the three point competition the regular basketballs on Iraq are worth one point and the red white and blue balls are worth two points this year they added like green balls it was like Mountain Dew corporate sponsorship cool and it was it was one ball Um, It was after the first two racks, there was one rack that was just held one ball and they shot from like 30 feet and it was worth three points. And then they did the middle rack and then they went back to another quote unquote Mountain Dew rack, shot one green ball, it was worth three points. It didn't really add too much to the competition, didn't really take too much away. I was fine with it either way. Uh, I imagine it's probably here to stay because exactly that. It didn't really ruin the competition, didn't really add much. And, you know, I always wonder what corporate sponsors sponsorships like how much do you think that Mountain Dew paid for it like I don't even know what you want to call it the Mountain Dew racks the Mountain Dew shots during the three-point contest I would I, I want to say like over a million dollars but I honestly have no clue but I mean I, Buddy Healed won it was actually I think the three-point contest every year it's sort of if you compare it to the dunk contest it's got a higher floor and a lower ceiling it's just sort of pretty good every year, and it's pretty fun to watch every year, but it's never really incredible like the dunk contest has the potential to be. So shout out to Buddy Heald. That It was pretty cool with him at the end because it was him and Devin Booker going at it at, for—well, it was him— it wasn't just them in the championship round, but they. Devin Booker had the highest score. Then Buddy Heald went, and he beat him, and he beat him on the last shot on the last rack. So really, as far as three-point contest goes, that's the best that you can ask for. So kudos to Buddy Heald. Really, I mean, what most people want to talk about is, is the dunk contest and the All-Star Game, and that's what I also want to talk about. So the dunk contest obviously was Dwight, um, Pat Connaughton from the Bucks. It was Derek Jones Jr. from the Heat, and it was Aaron Gordon from the Magic. So, you know, Dwight's first dunk, I'll just go through the dunks. I know most people probably don't remember the dunks, but I-, I think it's it's interesting to just go through them. So Dwight's first dunk was sort of like a, it was a pretty crappy dunk. It was sort of this like Statue of Liberty thing. You know, I I didn't think the judges got it too, ro- too wrong. They gave him a 41. I think that's about right. One thing that is sort of a theme throughout this competition is I always wonder if, so there's four judges and if, if they want to give, there must be some sort of, and we'll come to find out that there was sort of some collusion that goes on with the judges, because if you think about it, they can only give one, two, three, a one, a one through 10 for a dunk. And it, it, let's say you watch a dunk and you say, uh, you know, I think that was a 47 instead of a 50. So that means you have to give it a nine or a 10. But if you give it a 10 and all the other judges give it a 10, it ends up with a 50, even though you think eh, that was only a 47. So they must talk to each other and say, what do you guys think? Was that a 50? No, it wasn't a 50. Oh, yeah. Oh, I think it was only a 47 too. Okay. You three give a nine and us two will do a 10. So there must be some sort of discussion between the judges, which before this year, I didn't really, I never really thought of that. How did that work? But Come to find out, and we'll get into it a little later, the judges do sort of discuss and plan what what their scores are going to be to a certain extent. So Dwight went up. He did a crappy dunk. Didn't, and I don't even know why Dwight was in this competition. I felt like it was sort of a heat check from Dwight. He's saying, oh, you know, I'm playing good on the Lakers. Um, I'm not a joke. I'm not a pariah in the league. It's not like everyone hates me anymore, so I'll go back in the dunk contest. Remember when everyone loved me when I was Superman during the dunk contest? So I guess that's what he wanted to do. Uh, You know, I mean, kudos to Dwight. I like Dwight. He's playing great for the Lakers, but he, you know, he obviously didn't make it to the championship round in the dunk contest, and we'll we'll get into his second dunk in a little bit. But uh, Derek Jones Jr., his first dunk, he just jumped over. There was a lot of jumping over people. Which of course, there's a lot of jumping over people in every dunk contest, but this year, in particular, it was like almost every dunk was, "Hey, I'm gonna dunk, jump over this guy, and do something cool." But you know, it, it was they just basically spammed the the, "Hey, I'm running and I'm gonna jump over a human being" format of a dunk, which you'd like to see a little bit more creativity. But Derek Jones Jr. His first dunk, he literally just jumped over Bam Adebayo, his his Heat teammate. It was pretty good. Nothing crazy. Definitely wasn't a 50. They gave him a 46. I agree with that. Pat Connaughton, he literally did the same thing. He just jumped over Christian Yelich. The judges gave it a 45. I think that's about right. So then Aaron Gordon did sort of a... It might have been... I don't know if Jason Richardson did a similar dunk to this, but it was sort of... Aaron Gordon did like a through the legs, but right before he dunked it, he sort of... His back was facing the rim so he did sort of a through the legs and then dunks it over his head with his back facing the basket I thought it was pretty good I thought maybe like 48 49 they give him a 50 you know I'm not I'm not up in arms about that Uh, you know a 50 is I thought it was a cool dunk maybe it's been done before but when I watched it, I thought oh I you know that's not something you see like every contest so that was a good first dunk by Gordon and then Dwight's second dunk was sort of his whole—of course he had to do this. I mean, it's basically probably the entire reason he was in the competition. He did his famous Superman dunk. Uh, we had a Jameer Nelson sighting, which was cool. And, you know, Dwight, obviously, he got the cape, put the cape on, did the little Kobe tribute where he had the S on his chest, and he, he ripped off the S to show the 24. It was pretty cool. Um But, I mean, the dunk itself wasn't really that great. One thing on on the replay that I will say for Dwight's sake is that he, I mean, he's 34. He got up a lot higher on that dunk than... I guess because he had a full running start, but he got up a lot higher than I thought he could. I mean, I watch a lot of Lakers games, and it doesn't really look like he's jumping that high, Uh, but, you know, he got a full running start. He jumped. It wasn't like um, the original Superman dunk where he basically just threw it into the basket. He actually did dunk this one, which honestly made it a little less cool, but, I mean, the, the judges gave him a 49 it's sort of like you know when he, when he's doing a Kobe tribute, really what are you're sort of holding the judge's hostage like how can they really give that dunk a bad score? so you know they gave it a forty nine I thought it was more like a forty five if we're just judging the actual dunk. he kind of put the judges in a hard spot there, but uh, so so Dwight got knocked out it, it, after two dunks. Pat Connaughton's second dunk was a little better than his first dunk. He jumped over Giannis, uh, and then as he jumped over Giannis, he sort of smacked the ball against the backboard and dunked it. I thought it was pretty cool. The judges gave it a 50. I didn't think it was quite a 50. Um didn't really end up mattering because Pat got knocked out after a second dunk as well. Derek Jones Jr.'s second dunk was sort of a against the grain through the legs. I I thought it was a 50 the judges gave it a 50. It was probably at that point the best dunk of the night. Um and back to the theme of just jumping over people, Aaron Gordon needed a 46 to advance to the championship round or the knockout round, whatever you want to call it, and he just jumped over Chance. And you know, they gave the judges gave him a 50, which I thought it was like watching it back preparing for this podcast, so I gave it like a 47 before I remembered what the judges gave it. They gave it a 50. That's like a little over the top, but My 47 would have put him in the knockout round anyway, so it's hard to get up in arms about that. I think Aaron Gordon and Derek Jones Jr. were the two people, based off the first two dunks of everybody, who deserved to go through the knockout round. So, the knockout round, uh, the competition is where it gets a little dicey. Um, So, the prevailing narrative from the dunk contest seemed to be like Aaron Gordon got robbed, because obviously back in 2016, it was Aaron Gordon versus Zach Levine, one of the best dunk contests ever. And you know, Aaron Gordon had probably one of the best dunks I've ever seen. He dunked over, he jumped over the Magic's mascot and like basically looked like he was sitting on a chair over the mascot's shoulder and put it under his legs. It was sick, but he ended up losing to Zach Levine. And, you know, it was a great dunk contest, but some people felt like Aaron Gordon got robbed. It's tough to say, but so for the first dunk of the knockout round, uh, Derek Jones Jr. jumps over two people again. Like this is the zillionth time I think that it was like, hey, I'm going to jump over somebody um and but he put it through his legs when he jumped over two people so i I thought that was that was a great dunk what what i wrote then i was like thinking 49 50 and they gave it a 50 i'm fine with that and then aaron gordon aaron gordon's first dunk of the knockout round was he, he was almost the same as his second dunk of the first round he just jumped over chance the rapper and like threw the ball into the rim as he's sort of flying by Uh, I mean, I thought it was like 47, 48, and and he ended up getting a 50, which I think was too much from the judges. Another thing that was just bizarre, to set up this dunk, um, Aaron Gordon like called out, apparently it was three girls from TikTok, and they're just, it had nothing to do with the dunk. He just called, there was like girls dancing at half court, and they're from TikTok. I don't know, maybe it's just, um, I'm going to sound like a grandpa here, but... I don't know if people my age can relate. TikTok, I think, is the first social media platform that has come about that I'm just committed to. I'm never gonna figure it out. I'm never even gonna try to figure it out. I'm, I'm, I'm just not even gonna get into it. It's just, you know, it's, (laughs) it's definitely not my. Because what, one of the, it's like, what is TikTok? I don't even understand. It's like 15 year old girls. just dancing i feel like if i type tiktok.com in my browser on my computer at home like the fbi is gonna break down my door it's just something that i'm tiktok you know i i guess it's sort of like a recycled version of vine but it's sort of different but it's kind of the same i don't understand it and i'm never going to try to understand it um so that's my grandpa take right there um Derek Jones Jr.'s second dunk of the knockout round was probably the best dunk up to that point of the night. I don't think we've ever seen this. I mean, it it was back to the theme of jumping over somebody. He jumped over somebody, but the ball went off the back, was thrown off the backboard, and he jumped over somebody, caught it off the backboard, and put it through his legs. I don't think we've ever seen that. It's definitely a 50. I thought it was sick. Um and then Aaron Gordon... So now, De- at that point, Derek Jones Jr. has done two dunks that I thought his first dunk was like a 49 or a 50. Second dunk was definitely a 50. And I thought Aaron Gordon's first dunk was like 47. So at this point, if I'm judging, it's like basically Aaron Gordon's eliminated. Because at that point, even if he gets a 50 on his second dunk, which he did, he, he's not going to beat Derek Jones Jr. in my book. Um, but so Aaron Gordon's second dunk of the knockout round was his best dunk of the night. He did... Um, it was one of those where they throw an alley oop off the side of the backboard, and he did sort of a—he caught it with one hand and sort of did—I don't want to say a three sixty, maybe sort of like a almost a three sixty—and caught it with one hand off the side of the backboard and did like a windmill. It was sick. Definitely deserved a fifty. But at that point, if I'm the one judging it, he—he's already lost. And so that's why when people are saying you know Aaron Gordon got robbed, I don't really buy it. Uh, I think Derek Jones Jr. was the deserving winner. And then, I mean, they kept dunking because at that point it became like a dunk off because they both, you know, had perfect 100 scores through two dunks. Derek Jones Jr. threw it off the side of the backboard, put it through his legs, thought that was pretty cool. Aaron Gordon threw the legs again over Chance the Rapper, thought it was pretty cool, nothing amazing. And then Derek Jones Jr. basically did the Zach Levine dunk, which is just running, jumping quote unquote from the free throw line and windmilling it, except... He, he jumped, like, a full step, which is ridiculous to say, I know, but we're judging, like, these guys on um, being freak dunkers. And Derek Jones Jr. dunked from, like, well, he jumped from, like, a full step inside the free throw line. So I didn't think it was a 50. And we've already seen that dunk from Zach Levine. But anyway, he got a 50. I, well, he didn't get a 50, but I didn't, I didn't think he deserved a 50. Um, and then Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall. Who's obviously like what is he seven foot six? I thought it was a cool dunk, probably just around just as good as Derek Jones' jump from the quote unquote free throw line. But yeah, I didn't really buy. Point being, I didn't really buy the whole narrative that Aaron Gordon got robbed. I think Derek Jones Jr. had better dunks, and if it were up to me, after two after the first two dunks they both did in the quote unquote championship round, he he would have been eliminated. He would have lost his first dunk of the championship round. This is Eric Aaron Gordon. I keep saying Eric Gordon. Um his first dunk of the championship round, Gordon, it, it was bad. It wasn't, I mean, it was bad by dunk contests and his standards. So I didn't really buy the whole um, narrative that he got robbed. Now for the, play, uh, the playoff game, the actual All-Star game, I thought was pretty awesome. I actually slept through it completely. If we're going to be totally honest and then i just ended up watching the replay i think from like it was like from eleven thirty to one thirty or something like or 12 uh not like eleven thirty to 2 something whatever they they re- as soon as it ended they replayed it on tnt and i woke up with like a minute left in the game and i just watched the replay because you know that's how dedicated i am to the to this podcast life you got to you got to do your due diligence i'm not going to pretend like i watched the game if i didn't so i watched the replay of it and I thought it was awesome. I mean, I think this was in probably in my lifetime of watching the, the All-Star game, it was the hardest both teams ever played. And so for people who don't know, which maybe you do, maybe you don't, they had a, a new format this year, which was basically after each quarter, the, they were going to reset the score. So it's 30 to 25 after the first quarter, let's say. And the winning team at that point, whoever won the first quarter, donate they donate $100,000 to their quote-unquote charity there was like two charity teams two groups of kids from some charities and one of them was on LeBron's team and one of them was on Giannis's team which I thought was so after each quarter whichever all-star team won their quote-unquote charity team would get a hundred thousand dollars and then I think you know whoever won the game total got like 300k whatever the prices don't matter but honestly I think it's kind of it was a weird vibe (laughs) it's like these uh these kids these kids from these charity groups are like sweating out you know a James Harden free throw or a Russell Westbrook jump shot i'm like are, are they going to donate money to our to our cause and uh, <laughs> but it made for great tv even though it was sort of weird and like dystopian and and just a strange vibe i'm sure like it after the fact, Giannis donated a bunch of money to the charity. It's not like it actually mattered. Both charities got taken care of. They got a bunch of money. I just thought in the moment it was kind of weird that it's like, and we have these charity kids on the sideline, and you know, Joel Embiid better make this free throw, otherwise those charity kids are going home sad. I just, I, <laughs> I just thought it was a, a weird setup. But so they, that's that's what they did. This new format, which is first quarter, whoever wins, donate to charity, reset the score. Second quarter, same deal. One team wins the quote unquote second quarter, they reset the score. The third quarter, same story. And then after three quarters, they, and they had a running score board in addition to the quote unquote quarter scores during the game. Uh, so you could keep track of what the total score for the game was, which came into play when for the fourth quarter, it was basically they took Giannis's team at that point had 133 points. So they added 24 points to that 133 number, and then both teams were playing to 157. 133, Giannis' team scored through three quarters, plus 24 in tribute to Kobe. So both teams, Giannis' team and LeBron's team were playing to 157. And at that point, um, LeBron's team only had 124. So going into the fourth quarter, it's 133 to 124. Giannis' team is winning, and they're both playing to 157. So Giannis' team has to score 24, and LeBron's team has had to score 33. And this is what's called the quote-unquote Elam ending. And they, they've they d- done it in some like random basketball tournament. And basically the idea behind it is that, obviously, you know, if you've watched basketball games, that at the end of a close basketball game, it sort of devolves into intentional fouling the other team. If you're the losing team, you're going to intentionally foul to quote-unquote extend the game, and it gets sort of boring and choppy, and it gets dragged out. So this way, it's like you're just playing to a number. You're playing to 157. You can't intentionally foul. There's no point in that because there's no timer. You're just playing to a score. I thought it was awesome. I thought the intensity was awesome. I don't know if that just had to do with the fact that it was in memory of Kobe. I'll be interested to see how the All-Star game goes next year. Was it all just this new format this elam ending play to a number rather than just play out a 12 minute quarter or was it a little bit of they're playing hard in memory of kobe or was it a little bit of both i'll be interested to see that next year but i thought the ending was super cool and the the ratings showed that it was the most watched like i said all-star week and most watched all-star game since i think 2013 so it's by all accounts a huge success and I heard um, Tony Kornheiser on PTI say this today, and I I totally agree with it. For regular season games, the regular season NBA games that go to overtime should use the Elam ending for now, just to sort of phase it into the game, see if it works, see if it doesn't. You can always get rid of it and go back to regular overtime rules, but I think going forward, starting next season, obviously there's a lot of red tape with the NBA. This is not going to happen, but it would be cool to see a regular season OT game so both teams are tied. It's 120 to 120. Now we're going into overtime. And rather than being a timed overtime, they should just—because right now it's you play a five-minute overtime period. You should just play to, like, 15 or, or play to 20 or play to 10. Just pick a number. And I think it would, it would be awesome, and, and everyone would love it. It just goes to show that when, when these changes were initially announced, like, three weeks ago or whatever, all different NBA writers, different fans— the media were all... a lot, Well, it's not fair to just paint with a, uh, one broad stroke, but some of them were against it. A lot of people were against it. Some people thought it would be cool, but just it just goes to show that sometimes it's just sports, right? It's just an entertainment product. It's okay to tweak it a little bit. It's okay to change some features and try things out because you could always go back to the old way. And this was a scenario where they tried something out. It was super entertaining. It made it more fun, which is what the All-Star Game is supposed to be. It got... It brought out of these amazing, what the All Star game is supposed to be is basically the best players in the world playing an awesome pickup game. And too often it just devolves into no defense, nobody cares. And the final score is 270 to 255. And this year, like I said, maybe it was they're playing hard in, in tribute to Kobe. That was part of it, maybe. Maybe it was this new format. Maybe it was a combination of both, but I think the new format was a huge success. So kudos to the NBA. I, I enjoyed watching it. I thought it was a great game, which, like I said, you can't always say that about the All-Star game. Um, yeah, so I think I've already gone over my limit. Uh, I'm pretty sure the <laughs> the hosting platform that we, me and Ryan use for this podcast uh, limits us to a certain amount of hours. Per, I'm taking you behind the scenes here, the podcast business. Biz, business. Um, it only allows us a certain amount of hours over a month. I think it's six hours and we only had 20 minutes left and I'm at like 23 minutes now. So I'm going to try to upload this and we'll see how it goes. But that is people forget that podcast episode 10 and we'll be back on Sunday with, uh, it won't be a solo episode. It'll be me and Ryan and, uh, we'll talk to you guys then.